7.33. So amid a slowdown in COVID-19 cases in Korea, ninth and 12th graders are finally starting the spring semester today at home with online classes as part of social distancing measures. Over in Australia, though, schools are still in session with the education minister determined to have high school seniors graduate this year with no delay. To compare these approaches, let's welcome Dr. Caleb Ferguson, Senior Research Fellow at Western Sydney University's Nursing and Midwifery Research Centre. Thank you for joining us. Good morning. Thanks for having me. So do you think it matters particularly as we embark on this conversation to to take into consideration Australia's own COVID-19 situation? Yeah, certainly. So um, at the moment, um, our um, situation, we've had just over um, 6,000 confirmed cases and um, just 50 deaths in Australia. So um, I'm not sure how that compares to to Korea, um, but I think it's important to sort of consider the the differences between the two countries, certainly. Well, we have passed the 10,000 mark here, but then again, we are now at a point where we have either under 50 or just over 50 infections added per day which is far better than where we were, obviously. Um, just to continue the conversation, though, on, on, on general social distancing measures, how, how strict have they been, if you could just describe for us in Australia how life has changed? Yes, yeah, certainly. So um, we, we, we don't have a, a formal lockdown. Um, our country is still functioning quite, quite well. At the moment, we have um, essential workers still travelling to work and, and continuing their employment um, if they are essential workers. Um, and those that can work from home uh, should work from home as well. Um, our shops and, and um, a lot of um, facilities remain uh, open and, and functional and businesses as well. Um, however, um, places like um, cafes and pubs and so on are, are closed and really reserved for takeaway only. Um, in terms of social distancing measures, uh, we have um, rules in place in terms of um, gatherings of no more than two people um, outside um, your home, but we really shouldn't be leaving home in, unless it's for um, essential exercise or for essential travel as well. Um, and we have physical distancing uh, rules in place in terms of um, maintaining distance in terms of 1.5 to 2 metres from other people. I was just going to ask, how does that work in schools then? Yeah, so schools is, is an interesting one. Um, our schools um, and, and hospitals, I should add, our health system and our education system in Australia um, are really governed by um, our states and territories. So um, our schools in Australia um, remain open and our childcare centres as well. And our government's just um, moved to provide um, free childcare um, across our state um, just of of this morning as well. Um, So our schools remain open, but the advice from our state is really um, that if if, um, children can remain at home, then they should remain at home. And really, um, I think that the, the rationale behind schools remaining open is for um, schooling to, to continue for those particularly essential workers, um, for example, those that work within the healthcare system or the education system itself. What happens, though, with the kids who are at home with their learning? Yeah, so a lot of um, uh, education for, for school children has moved online um, and uh, homeschooling is, is is occurring so, so via um, e-learning sort of um, modules. 
Um, and 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 a lot of I would say that the majority of children are are, are remaining at home with their parents, and, and homeschooling is occurring. Um, but our schools still remain open and available for children if they need to to attend. Yeah. I mean, as you said, the, the situation in Australia is far more under control than some other parts of the world with j- just 25 more infections added at last count. But do you, do you think this is the right balance to strike to, to not entirely shut down schools, but to offer this kind of guidance? I think school, schools is a, is a difficult one. I think particularly if you if you think of it in the context of um, those um, with parents who are essential workers. Um, for an exa- as an example, if you have two parents that are, are both nurses or, or doctors or work within the education system itself, then that, that can pose a particular challenge to, to how, how children are offered education as well. So I think um, social distancing or physical distancing measures are in place within our school systems as much as possible. Um, but it is a tricky and challenging situation. We have to take into consideration, I guess, what's happened in the past, even going back to what I was just talking about a few minutes ago, the 1918 to 19 influenza pandemic. Is there anything we can learn from studies that have been done into past pandemics and school closures that can inform us? I think at the moment um, there's some some, uh, interesting debate around the use of um, face masks and um, I think that it's particularly topical just given the US moves by the the CDC to um, advocate the use and and wearing of face masks um, amongst the general public and and not reserving that just solely for um, the use of healthcare professionals and so on. Um, In Australia, we've not not moved to to recommend that. Um, There are a lot of of individuals choosing to to wear face masks. Um, But I think and I think that the rationale um, for that is potentially around saving critical resources for the healthcare professionals and healthcare providers um, within our healthcare system. Um, but I think um, I think the use of use of face masks is, is something at the moment uh, the controversy still remains, and I think individual uh, individual countries are, are making their own decisions in terms of those, those policies. And as we perhaps move closer in the coming weeks to considering reopening our schools offline, if a student or school worker tests positive in Australia, what what happens? Um, yeah, so so we have um, quite strict policies in terms of um, if there's a positive case within a school or a higher education institution as well in terms of close contacts, isolating for fourteen days. And um, and cleaning that occurs as well, and contact tracing for any individuals that they've that they've been in contact with as well. Um, I think that our our policies around um, self isolation for fourteen days um, until our test um, is returned is, is is quite normal procedure. Thank you very much, Dr. Ferguson, for setting us up with this conversation today. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Dr. Caleb Ferguson speaking to us from Western Sydney Nursing and Midwifery Research Centre. But we now turn to Professor Rachel Wilson from the University of Sydney School of Education and Social Work. And thank you for joining us. Hello. Nice to be here. 
And nice to have you. It, it does seem a bit confusing, and I would probably be concerned if uh, I was a parent in Australia right now trying to make the choice, um, especially if you have kids of different ages, which ones you send to school, which ones you have educated online. H- how do you personally uh, assess the situation as we've just heard it described? Well, I've, I think it's, it is deeply confusing, um, and I think it's quite concerning. Um, we have nearly 50% of teachers still attending school sites um, in public schools in, across Australia at the moment. So, you know, there's, there's still quite a lot going on on school sites. Uh, I think that could probably be minimised more, and I think there could be clearer communication on the conditions under which, you know, fam- families would find it reasonable to send their children to school. Right. I mean, at university level, I imagine it's not ideal, but possible to at least expect a certain level of self-discipline from students and desire to to study. Um, However, when we roll this down into younger age groups, into, for example, as we're about to do here in career elementary school level, how effective do you expect online schooling to be? Well, in in that regard, I can really only speak from my own experience. I have a 10-year-old. He's really struggling. Um, I would imagine when it comes to, you know, kindergarten and first grade, uh, we are talking about children doing game-based learning on programs there. Even if you have the synchronous face-to-face Zoom education programs for that age group, it is very, very difficult to maintain their attention. Um, And then there are lots of other options uh, in relation to uh, storybooks and things like that. We have actually had an initiative uh, taken where our national broadcaster, the ABC, the Australian Broadcasting um, Commission, has been brought in to provide some content, I think, primarily for the younger age group where they normally provide a lot of television content. Right. Um, and the hopes that that might might go to ease the situation for the younger children. Uh, and that's actually also happening here with first and second graders, uh, the, the first two years of elementary school here, um, because of probably exactly the same concerns that you've raised. And some of those shows can be very effective. I've been pleasantly surprised with my own kids, like some of the knowledge they've shared with me after watching them. But it doesn't seem like any kind of substitute for school, for all the social interactions. And if this was to prolong for a period of time, what can we expect for our education system? Does there have to come a point where you just open yourself up to that risk and and just go back off line completely? Right. Well, in Australia, we have we have a different situation with various states having different policies. Um, and in New South Wales, where I am, for example, you are still able to send your child to school. Indeed, certainly for for critical um, workers uh, who are employed in areas that are deeply needed at the moment, that's the case. We are finding that a lot of young children, um, in the younger age groups, are still attending. Um, and there may be ways in which we can make schooling arrangements for those groups so that the younger ones still attend, but there is greater social distancing and hygiene in schools. Um, the other thing is that the television broadcast kind of education, uh, which has not been aligned to any sort of school schooling curriculum, could be more aligned to that. So I would imagine even now there are lots of people turning their minds to that. 
Um, we're really lucky in Australia because we've had such really high quality early childhood curriculum, including one program which has been running for more than 50 years, um, a preschool program called Play School. Um, and it, it certainly provides extremely high quality uh, content. The problem, here, I guess, is that there's no way of monitoring and 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 filling in for the interaction that we normally have between the mm. teacher and the student, where they where they monitor what the student is learning and then you know provide customised education in response to that. Um, so you won't get that through broadcast systems and then you might need to think of alternatives for safer schooling arrangements. So at the older end of the spectrum, when you've got high school students pushing to get into university, it's a hugely, hugely pressurised time here in South Korea. Uh, and, I, and I get the impression that Australia has been very keen to, uh, to keep those older students on track as well, trying to make sure there's no mass repeats and that students can complete their studies this year. What, what's your feeling on, on the status for, for students at that end? Well, our federal minister has confirmed that the, we will still have our different um, higher school certificates. Now, they're run by individual states. So the, the state governments and the Commonwealth governments came together to make that commitment. But we know very little more than that. Um, the commitment also extended through to the Australian Tertiary admission, admission Rank, which is calculated from the various state high school scores. So it is going to go to head, ahead in some shape or form, and various people are speculating, and I'm sure trying to work out how that could occur. But nothing is settled yet. Um, there is, I think quite obvious disparity and inequity in terms of the level of online education that's being provided. In Australia, we have a, a large private um, school sector, particularly in secondary school, and that school sector is very, very well resourced um, and indeed wealthy. Um, large elite schools have extensive um, you know, digital resources, as do the students in their own homes. And we've got, we've got lots of issues with equity broadly across the Australian education system, even before this coronavirus. I think there is potential for the coronavirus to be amplifying those. Mm. I think it's very difficult to see if we have um, work submission only for our high school certificates that... Um, that that would be an acceptable situation because we know of the sort of grade inflation that, that occurs um, through school-based assessment uh, from research in the US and, and the sorts of inequity that is associated with that type of assessment. Exactly. I mean, the profound impact on maybe a whole generation if this is to continue... Uh, and the knock-on effects uh, we'll probably be talking about for years. Uh, Professor Wilson from the University of Sydney, thank you very much for giving us a sense of things there in Australia.